You're listening to the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Stuff, a fan podcast about the CW show iZombie. My name is Robin, and I'm a lone wolf with a real Serpico complex. Stephanie Smith, your best and only choice. <laughs> Not really. You have you have multiple choices here. <laughs> it's the internet. Lots of podcasts. Lots of podcasts to choose from. <laughs> but stay tuned. Uh, we'll have more jokes like that uh, throughout the podcast. Um, and we also have other choices, of course. Uh, we have our uh, guest here, an iZombie fan and friend. Uh, welcome to the show, Heidi. Hey guys. Howdy. I don't have a thing. You don't have a thing? That's fine. That's quite all right. Uh, let, let me quote Robbie this week by saying, that's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> that was a Robbie quote, not a Michael Scott quote, quote so it's fresh. <laughs> uh, anyway, Heidi, uh, host of Investigating Mars, as well as other things, is, is uh, Investigating Mars, uh, your Veronica Mars show, still going strong? You still doing books? Uh, we finished the books, mm-hmm. so we're just waiting for Rob Thomas to, you know, co-author another one, but he's kind of busy, so <laughs> I think we'll be waiting a while. Did you guys ever cover Play It Again, Dick? Yes, we did. Sweet. Yeah. I was just, uh, re-watching that this week, uh, because, uh, it was, uh, written, uh, co-written, well, it was written by Rob Thomas and as well as Bob Dearden, who writes this week's episode and the, the season finale. Very nice. Yes, so we have talked. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. We have. We've also talked about doing Party Down. Ah, yes. Because I don't think any of us have seen it actually. Oh my gosh, you are missing out. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I was I, such a gem. I don't know if you listened to my interview with Dan Etheridge, but you know we were talking a bit about Party Down. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> Does not get nearly enough praise. Yeah. Yeah. We all we all miss each other, so we're like, oh, we need to do something else. <laughs> Party Down will be would not only be uh, good to keep you guys together, but you'll have a lot of fun talking about it. <laughs> yeah, especially if you are a fan of Dick Casablancas and uh, Ryan Vincent. <laughs> of course, who isn't? Um, and uh, yeah, there are several cameos uh, throughout the series. So from Veronica Mars. So nice. Um, but uh, yeah, Bob Dearden wrote this week's episode, uh, wrote Play It Again, Dick, uh, or co-wrote that. And uh, he wrote um, Love and Basketball and Maternity Live. So I uh, just want to say I'm really excited. I'm actually going to be talking to him tomorrow and uh, we'll see what he has to say uh, about this week's episode. And maybe I can get something out of him about the finale. Release that in a bonus episode this week. Yeah, something I noticed about this episode: there was lots of movie references. Mm. Did that stand out to you guys? It just seems like what we usually get. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pop culture Wasn't reference. Anything out of the ordinary? I don't know. Um, did you see, did you think it was like more than usual? I, the Godfather thing stood out to me. It was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, and the Police Academy and Memento. Oh, you mean um, Police Squad? You mean Naked, naked Gun? Frank Drebin and Nordberg. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, awesome. We'll, we'll talk about. Oh, oh, and everything is awesome. Everything is awesome. <laughs> From the Lego movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, lots of movie reference. Totally. Yeah, there were quite a few. <laughs> um, all right. So let's just talk about the news really quick. Um, 
Do we really want to talk about the ratings? Steph, are you going to seriously make me say it? <laughs> no, let's not talk about the ratings because the ratings are fine. They don't care. They don't matter. It's a, it's all good. It was the worst ratings ever this week. <laughs> what? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, it was a point. Okay, point what four, else was going on? Point four. Probably because of spring break. Everybody's off at the beach traveling. Well, uh, well I bring this up was because... Was there a basketball going on? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I bring this up because there was no new Flash uh, lead-in. They had a repeat. So, um, yeah, yeah, that uh, one-third of the audience that comes from Flash and then sh- hangs out on iZombie wasn't there. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, obviously we got our season three, so we have nothing to worry about. So I'm just going to say I'm not worried about it, but I'm interested to see how uh, what the Nielsen families think about a two-hour iZombie season finale this week without, uh, without any Flash to lead them in. So, um, yeah. You know what, Nielsen families, you really need to get some taste. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's been the case forever and ever, uh, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see what else. Uh, Mark Pedowitz signed on for more years as the president of CW. And this is very, All right. very good news. We love him. Yes. Um, when he signed on, the CW was big into female skewing soap operas, like, uh, maybe Dawson's Creek, who <laughs> would podcast about that. And One Tree Hill. Yeah, One Tree Hill. <laughs> Uh, but he started to notice how Supernatural was doing better ratings than those, and he started making the network more aimed towards both male and female, like 50-50. Well, you know, male, the male viewer is more valuable than the female viewer anyway. Yeah, so. you know. <laughs> y'all, y'all spend more money because you make more money. Oh, did I say that? <laughs> I feel like I'm in the interrogation room all of a sudden. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to get political. <laughs> Uh, let me just continue mansplaining this news to you. Um, (laughs) so yeah, they, they, they started making more superhero shows, supernatural shows and fun shows with female protagonists like Jane, the Virgin, crazy ex-girlfriend and iZombie. And here's a fun fact. He was uh, president of ABC, uh, from 2004 to 2009. That's during the whole lost in Grey's Anatomy boom. So all right. The man knows. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And, uh, yeah, he's quoted as saying he's very proud of this show. Uh, he actually did a cameo himself uh, during that web series, Played Again Dick. So he's a, he's a fan of Rob Thomas. Um, he loves Basset Hounds. And uh, noted during the TCAs <laughs> that he approves the addition of minors to the cast of season two. And I kind of theorize, and I don't want to jump ahead too much, but this is probably why season two is hinging so much on that dog. <laughs> In more ways than one. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's get into the episode discussion. Reflections of the Way Live Used to Be, written by Bob Dearden, directed by Michael Fields. And uh, yeah, why don't we first start talking about the case and uh, the brain and and Clive and all that mixed up. It was so like interlaced this week. I, I couldn't really split those into three different things. Um, so okay. Yeah, go ahead. Before we get into the discussion, let's talk about Bailey Barker. This actress, I was like, why do I love this girl so much? Like, you know, when you see somebody and you don't know where you know them from, you know, you have like an emotional connection to them. Yeah. I was like, that girl is so beautiful. I love her. Where do I know her from? She's from Adam Runs Everything. 
Adam ruins everything. Okay. All right. Is this a show? It's a series. It's the greatest thing that was airing <laughs> last year. It was on True TV, and it was it it was a web series from like uh, Funny or Die. Okay. It it was paired with Billy on the Street. Oh, nice. So it's okay. that kind of show. Okay. Well, no, you've never seen anything like this show. <laughs> this guy Adam, when normal everyday people would be in a situation like picking out an engagement ring. Adam would pop up and just lay the facts out (laughs) and put a different perspective on things like engagement rings, how diamonds are not worth anything. (laughs) But marketing has brainwashed us into, you know, thinking that when you get engaged, you have to have an engagement ring on, you know, just different things like that, like uh, hygiene and sex and safety. You don't have to have the, any of those, the, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's such a great show. I'm doing well she's then. So, <laughs> she's yeah, she's so cute, and uh, she uh, she was like the the woman that Adam because there was this arc. She had this character arc throughout the series. Mm-hmm. She was the lady that Adam had a crush on and was wanting to go out with. And it, she's, oh, she's so funny. And so just her name is Haley Marie Norman. Okay. And everybody watch Adam Runs Everything. It's amazing. I'm glad you had her, <clears throat> had her name. I was just starting to try to Google it, but uh, that's awesome. Um, I felt... So now let's get into this show. <laughs> I felt particularly drawn towards her because she looks like uh, Cosima from Orphan Black. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the braids and the nose ring and the glasses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I tried not to write Cosima every sing- single time I was supposed to write Bailey in my notes. Um, but, and, yeah. And being and working in a college. Mm, yes. Because that's where Cos- Cos- didn't Cosima come from a college, like a research college institute. College? Research know. college. I'm so yeah. rusty on Orphan Black and get ready for the new season, though. Yeah. Uh, so Bailey Barker is uh, debating with uh, our old friend Brody Johnson <laughs> from Zombie Bro. Oh my God! So from Beta Zeta Theta. Yeah. Is that the way you say Zeta Beta Theta? Beta Zeta Theta. I don't know. Beta Zeta Theta. Oh, so funny, bro! Hilarious. Come in here. <laughs> <laughs> You're different. Um, yes, and you said it in your opening line. I, I thought that was hilarious. That. Um, you know, after Bailey is killed, he he is such a jerk that he immediately switches his campaign to your best and only choice. Yeah, because he really has no campaign. He's just because. Oh my God! What the most hilarious thing is, uh, he paid somebody to take his SATs for him, and she found that out, and that's why that was uh, the reason given that he might have been the one to kill her. Yeah. So, uh, but, but you know, the SATs are culturally biased. Right. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Brody, how are they culturally bl- biased against a white man? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not Fraternity sure. brother, yeah. you know, like, hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, he does say that he doesn't, uh, he doesn't murder people. He only murders ass. So oh, God. that That was a uh, opening line that I was thinking about using, but then I was like, no, <laughs> So it was good to have the bros back. Uh, I I mean, were you guys happy to see them again or you're like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) no, 
it was good. Yeah. It was good. Um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed the silliness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're, cause you're like, hilarious. am I really supposed to be looking at these guys like actual murder suspects? Because I don't believe it whatsoever. They're just <laughs> right. cartoon characters. <laughs> I like how uh, Brody's alibi is that he was having a DNM with uh, Austin, and they're both kind of standing there looking at him like, what the heck could that even mean? And it's like, oh, it's a deep and meaningful walk uh, with a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah gonna have one of those so uh our suspects uh, uh brody and austin were definitely not um uh, involved but uh this kind of brings us into uh the sphere of uh lou benedetto again the this, this strangely strangely i feel almost like a paternal uh, like i feel drawn to him as like a father for some reason i don't know why <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, Keith Mars is back on the scene, and he is acting uh, very, very skeevy. Um, he's got this whole deal with uh, with these people. He busts somebody, and then he says, "Okay, I'm not going to put you. I'm not going to, you know, put this on your record if you get me six more busts wearing a wire." So uh, yeah, there's this whole thing with Clive about he's giving Clive a hard time for being so by the book. Mm-hmm. So apparently, in Benedetto's world, if you're a by the book cop, that's a that's a terrible thing. Yeah. You're and um, he's seen some show. It's kind of I like how I'm, how could a by the book cop ever get things done? I think is his well, yeah. Kind of it's like you have to bend the rules to to do the right thing in his mind. Yeah, and it's really unsettling because you you're like, well, where's the line, and what are you going to do? Because when Benedetto comes to visit Liv. I was really worried for her. Yeah. I didn't know what he was going to do. Yeah, that was such like a strange scene because he totally feeds into the brain that she's on. Like, he totally yes. feeds her ego. Be- and like, yeah, hey, let's because- keep this between you and me, you know? And he he tells her, well, you know, I've heard about you. You've got your you've you've got quite a reputation, and you're going to be running your own morgue pretty soon. Yeah, which that's kind of ridiculous. But that that <laughs> that's <laughs> I know. I was like, like, wait, that's the goal. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but it's in line with the brain, which we'll talk about later. That um, yeah, you know, really uh, driven. Uh, goal-oriented people they really like that pat on the back that recognition so yeah and she inadvertently uh sets off a chain of events that ends up getting our uh our actual murderer murdered (laughs) which is funny uh because she tells him about uh steve walsh the snack bar cashier who uh wasn't really a suspect at the time but he told uh clive and Liv that Brody used Bailey's snack card, which of course is uh, was him trying to send them off the path uh, that would lead to him. So uh-huh. uh, while we're talking about um, uh, Keith Mars, uh, <laughs> Enrico Colantoni, <laughs> I did find a quote from a TV line interview with him. And he says, there were moments where I thought I could be Keith Mars right now. Uh, noting uh, Liv's physical resemblance to Kristen Bell's Veronica Mars. I just want to put my arm around her and set her straight. How could you not? <laughs> and uh, also, you know, Lou Benedetto uh, brings up zombies and how ridiculous that sounds in front of Clive and where this, I think Clive is starting to hear a bit uh, more about zombies and brains. He's going to, I wonder if he's going to figure it out by the end of the season. I don't know. With uh, 
yeah, with Enrico Colantoni in this role, I'm just like, well, you know, he could be Keith Mars, but he's under deep cover yeah. and he just can't let it slip. When when he does that that scary thing in the apartment where he's he's kind of making fake punches at uh the the handcuffed Steve Walsh, I, I kept on thinking, man, this is like just when like uh, uh Wallace's mom complained about the uh oh, yeah. <laughs> the what was it, the tenant or something like that that wouldn't leave. Yes. And he went in and scared him in the apartment. Folks, if you haven't watched Veronica Mars, get on it. <laughs> I mean, why not? Come on. Um, Enrico talks about zombies in the interview, and he says, um, he says he doesn't believe it, talking about his character. Um, but then he said he was, like, catching up with the series, and then he's quoted and saying, what I'm finding out is they're everywhere. Oh, my God, everyone's a zombie. Why is it so hard to believe? <laughs> yeah, when I saw in the in the, um, in the the basement of the funeral home that huge, that rack of nothing but hot sauces, yeah. I was like, when is somebody in the community going to realize that there's more hot sauce being purchased? <laughs> well, Max Rager's figured that out. But <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, so to, uh, sorry, not to please. talk about Veronica Mars too much, <laughs> but there was a couple other things that were really reminiscent, like, uh, the college radio station. Yes. Uh, and also, uh, they mentioned oh, cause Piz was a, destruction. was a DJ. Piz was a DJ. Yeah. yeah. And usually the shared yeah. destruction was, was an episode. And oh, apparently nice. Rob Thomas really likes that concept. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I like how this plays it, it, this kind of gives us a little bit of a, uh, a Clive story as a result. Uh, it, it, we're usually used to seeing Clive, the straight man leading the case and not really knowing about everything, but he's got his own little storyline here where, you know, he, he used to be a vice cop and he decided to quit that and move over to homicide. Um, I'm not sure if he was promoted the way Lou Benedetto what? says he got rolled yeah. out of vice, which means. That yeah. It sounds like he was like ran out. Yeah. Like his coworkers didn't get along with him and kind of pushed him out. But I think what happened when we found out in live and let Clive was that, uh, um, Clive was deep undercover for a while and then he got out of it and he had to get out of vice. That's, I think that's the way we've been led to believe. I, so like it got to him yeah. psychologically. And I, I believe Clive more than Lou. I think Lou just heard, Oh, that Clive guy, you know, he's a jerk. Um, uh-huh. and then of course he is working a case, uh, implying, uh, Lieutenant Suzuki was more than just uh, a hero. He was, he was, a uh, involved in what happened at the meet cute. So yeah, people are not a fan of them. That's why they're calling them Serpico. Um, because of another movie reference. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Al Pacino playing the real life Frank Serpico who brought down, I think the NYPD. I forgot. Um, but I like how this opens up Clive and then, uh, uh to, to his storyline. And, uh, he also is, um, getting, um, like the only appreciation he seems to be getting is from Basio who is like, you know, they don't appreciate you here. Um, they, she, she makes the, uh, Frank Drebin, she's closing cases like Frank Drebin, but getting treated like Nordberg, which is a naked gun reference. Um, and of course, Nordberg was played by, uh, OJ Simpson. <laughs> so, uh, Bob Dearden actually, uh, tweeted out, he said, fun I zombie fact. Uh, Basio's and they treat like Norberg may or may not be a tease for a People versus O.J. Simpson crossover episode. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but t- talking about uh, Clive applying for the FBI, yes. I've often wondered, you know, when Dale is done with this case, what will happen? Because they've, you know, they're, with their relationship, mm-hmm. what would, you know, that she would just leave. I, I'm obviously certain that they're not going to just send Clive off to Virginia next season and, nah. and have him off the show. He's Malcolm Goodwin's great. Uh, by the way, he signed the application on April 4th, his next year's signature, which was Monday. So getting better, yeah. guys. Getting better. But you guys air on <laughs> Tuesday. At least get a Tuesday date. Um, uh, uh, so, so, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, Basio at the end of the season is, you know, she well obviously i don't want her to leave but there's be no reason for her to stay uh if the chaos killer is or the case is uh, solved or maybe they they're gonna end up unfreezing all the people that are missing and that's what closes the case um they all just wander out yeah they're like oh yeah we've been on vacation (laughs) (laughs) they want to you don't want to tell people that they're zombies but um I hope that the resolution of Del Basio is that she moves back to Virginia at the end of the season, which leaves it open to her guesting in the future. Not that she gets murdered by a zombie. Yeah, because uh, when, at, you know, skipping ahead to the end, when they go to arrest Major, he zombies out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but she's got him handcuffed by then, so I don't know. Maybe he pulls her back in. I don't know. Um, I did like her little quote uh, when Blaine shows up at the police station. Says, Blaine, John DeBeers, McDonough, Doe, Jingleheimer, Schmidt. Oh, my God. That was amazing. <laughs> I love her so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. Uh, so where else in the case? Uh, I did want to just, yeah, the, the Clive thing was just interesting to me. Um, I'm glad we're getting more about him. And, uh, oh, uh, yeah, his relationship with Liv. Uh, is another thing we could talk about. The fact that um, she wasn't telling him about Drake. She said that she was going to meet Clive over in Vice to talk to them about, um, you know, these drug busts. But she goes there early to ask about Drake because she doesn't want to uh, let Clive in on what's going on in her personal life, especially when it involves, you know, zombies. (laughs) But Drake is an undercover cop. And, uh, she at least, uh, confesses that, well, not confesses. She's not, a, she lets him in on that, um, when they're on the college campus. Um, but she, you know, when Lou comes over and talks to her in the apartment, that's another thing where I was like, oh man, what are you doing confiding in this guy when Clive is like your partner, like, don't screw up, uh, this relationship you have with him, especially when last episode, she just decides to, uh, go on her own to Max Rager and investigate without, you know, his knowledge. So, but, so I was, I was really glad. I don't know about you guys. I was really glad when she decided to tell him about it, when she gets that second vision about um, Bailey going to buy Utopia. Okay. Yeah. Now that, now that uh, Liv knows that Drake was a a cop, she can let uh, Clive in on uh, her private life. Yeah, well, at least in the fact that th- this doesn't seem zombie-related to her at this point. It seems like right. she, was, she was working for Mr. Boss and ended up you know, going missing uh, as a result of working with Mr. Boss. Which does let Clive like go, listen, you know, I, I went undercover. I was sometimes missing for weeks as well. You know, just just wait. He'll, he'll, he'll pop back up, you know. Um, I did love the uh, the beginning of the episode where she's like, where is he? Going into Mr. Boss's <laughs> Uh, well, you know, I didn't realize it, but she's like, I got to get off the stripper brain. So the, she's still the stripper brain and she's still like, um, 
uh, really confront confrontational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it when they carry things over. I love it. Like yeah, the brain carries over mm-hmm. because it's it's like the show is saying we 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 haven't forgotten what happened last week. Mm-hmm. We're uh-huh. still yeah yeah, and uh, you know. I don't know if anybody who listens to the show uh, watched Heroes back in the day, but it always seemed like the, when there was like a major fight with powers involved, uh, you know, a lot of the times their trick was, especially I think it was the end of season two or season three, there's this huge showdown between uh, Nathan and Peter Petrelli and Siler, and uh, they go to rescue Claire. And they go into this hotel room and the door's shut and Claire's on the other side of the hotel room doors trying to peek through the keyhole. And all you hear is hustle bustle and crashing and smashing on the other side of the door. And you're just like, come on, you know, like we watched this show to watch superheroes with powers. Why are you not showing this to us? Because so, they no didn't have money. a budget for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say I'm going to give I'm going to give. I zombie a pass because I heard that uh, you know a lot of the budget went into the season finale. So I guess I would rather see like a super full on zombie fight than just to see live muscle uh, Howard. Yeah, zombie. but this no, I think this was funny because you know this guy was huge yeah. and this little girl <laughs> goes in the room, locks the door, and you know I, I think it was played to be funny, yeah. not yeah. a cheat. Yeah, and really, I think your imagination in this, yes. like just hearing the sounds, is better than actually seeing it because it would probably come off a little cheesy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. it. I enjoyed it. You know, especially when she lets off that you know Batman esque. Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Rachel? No. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, we should talk about, um, the brain and lives, uh, lives the, the reflections of the way live used to be. (laughs) Yeah. This is sad Mm -hmm. because that person is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Once, once she, once she, uh, was scratched by Blaine, all of it, uh, went away. Um, and she became a very, a much different person. Um, and it's funny how Peyton actually, uh, recognizes oh there's old live you know, <laughs> organizing the fridge taking an inventory yeah. of the kitchen <laughs> yeah I, uh, I you know i started my new job and yesterday i sat down to give report to this girl and she gets her assignment and takes the staple out of the paper and uh gets out her five different colored highlight sharpies and starts how you know this color is for this <laughs> pink is for this yeah. and i thought about this episode so because i wish i was that person i know and i i thought about it as well this week um i'm the kind of guy who makes these extraordinary plans and uh organizes things and then halfway through the project is like what the hell did I get myself into? <laughs> I don't have the like the focus to stay on target. You have no follow through. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I do plan on following through on this project. Um, I, I I do shopping, okay, grocery shopping every week. My what? You know, that's one of the things I do for my family. Um, and you know, I throw the iPod on, listen to the podcast. You know, I listen to a little iZombie, Zombie or whatever, and I. Uh, I, I walk through the store and pick everything. But then I started thinking like, okay, so I make a shopping list and uh, you know, I'm walking through the store and then I'm like, oh, I got to go back. I got to go back. 
uh, and pick up uh, this other thing from this other aisle I already passed. And then I, I, I decided to make a grocery list, like a super grocery list, where I would uh, write uh, columns and the aisles um, that all the things are in. So I actually went through the grocery store last week and took pictures of each of the signs of the aisle. Oh, my God. Brought them home. <laughs> oh, my. Wow. And, and then just started, like, organizing. Okay, aisle one has uh, fish and olives and blah, 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 you know. <laughs> and then I started making, like, a list of what I usually get every week and started organizing it into the different aisles. And that's what I was actually doing this morning before the podcast. Wow. Well, you know, I, a few years ago, I tried couponing. Oh, no. You know, some people, they'll go to classes, take and become super couponers. And then they and, like actually get paid to shop. Yeah. Like you get your groceries for free. Yeah. And, and, but you have to have space to store hundreds of yeah. products. And but, a lot of time to put into it. Yeah. I tried it for a couple of months and I just, I was like, I'm not making any headway here. Mm. And I, I do not possess the skills it takes to be a super couponer. <laughs> well, I hadn't really considered it, but I guess I sort of am this person, this organized, yeah. uh, not necessarily like color coded highlighters, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm kind of this way. You kind of dream of being like that though. Cause it seems so convenient to be like, Oh, awesome. This is all like color coded yeah. and organized and yeah. Oh man. If only. Well, okay. Well, let me ask y'all this. Okay. I'm not saying that I'd did this but have you <laughs> ever <friend> <laughs> uh, somebody that i know very well <laughs> have you uh taken uh one of these uh adhd medications no 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 sorry maybe i should well the, <laughs> no, actually uh, i think that would slow me down <laughs> yeah see the thing is if you're not add and you take this medicine it, it's not gonna cause it's an amphetamine it's like a class one drug or whatever mm. Uh, but for people who uh, their brain just spins out of control, you know, it gets some focusing. But I know this person very well that took <laughs> took one and like she stared at her computer printer for eight hours. <laughs> oh my God. They're very interesting, though. Yeah, no. she did not get up all day oh, long. Super she focused, yeah. super focused on that computer printer for some reason. Oh. <laughs> I guess if you could get super focused on the right thing, that would. Uh, I guess that's that yeah, that, yeah. But yeah, they that seems to be huge in college on college campuses. People who don't actually have a diagnosis right. will uh, will buy these medications and use them for uh, to help them with their grades because college i mean it's it's super competitive yeah and people are looking for an edge um you know to get higher test scores and higher gpas to get into these programs you know all about it heidi don't you i mean not yeah. about getting not about, not getting about illegal drugs, but about edges <laughs> but you know it's super competitive it is definitely uh, yeah it's funny so uh yeah so live starts to like as we said she she you know organizes she does all these all these i love the uh the overlays that she does the diagrams and the maps and stuff oh that's awesome but, I wish, yeah. man amazing wish i could do that i just want to you know i you know, it's it's first it's like the problem is like you want to be that organized you want to and, and, and you can go into something and set something up, a system of some sort of filing system, uh, different binders and things like that. 
so that's the first part of it. Then it's keeping ahead of it and keeping keeping it organized because I that's I think that's the part that would just fall apart. I'd set up some sort of system and then I'm like, oh god, I uh, who cares? Just throw this paper in a <laughs> file. <laughs> yeah, the upkeep is uh, is harder than the initial like because when you're when you're setting up whatever project it may be, you're just all excited and like ready to get going, mm-hmm. and then as you continue along, it's like, okay, this is too much trouble. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So Liv is looking for that approval and, uh, yeah, Lou gives it to, I, did you know that, uh, they actually shot on location for that pier shot completely off, off, uh, off subject, but you know, that shot where Clive and Liv and, uh, Lou are walking along the pier and you see Seattle in the background. I thought that was CGI, but I guess that's, uh, that was on, on location. I was wondering, yeah. uh, <laughs> But I, he wasn't Enrico fabulous in that scene. I just, you know, eating the hot dog, just, oh, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was, that was very unlike Keith Mars. <laughs> you know, think Keith Mars enjoys a good hot dog while he's chatting up uh, other detectives? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yes. So I actually came up with, uh, oh, ingenious, uh, ingenious. What's the difference between ingenious and genius? I don't know. I don't know. Words. <clears throat> I came up with a uh, genius, uh, I think, uh, way of analyzing this episode in a way. And that was uh, just thinking about um, how Liv is thinking about Bailey and how um, this is the way she used to be. She used to be super hyper-focused and determined and competitive. And that was certainly on the surface. But then we look at this case and we see Mr. Steve Walsh, the snack bar guy, who um, pulls off this scam where he is Selling Lucky You for uh, Blaine and now Donnie in Chief. Uh, and the way that he stays in business is that he he sets up other drug dealers and has Lou bust them. And that sounds a lot like somebody else we know. <laughs> Who is not at all like the person he used to be. And that is Mr. Blaine. So I was like, oh, my yeah. mind blew up when I thought of that. I was like, that's genius. I, so I'm, I plan on Because the key scene is when Peyton comes to visit Blaine yeah. and says, you know, you wanted to take down Stacy Boss and that would help you uh, atone for your sins. Mm-hmm. But it really was that he was just trying to get, he was trying to become the big man. <laughs> yeah, I definitely looking forward to asking Bob Dearden about that. I'm sure it was intentional and I, you know, everybody watches the show is like yeah of course i don't know i was i was writing my notes and you were like, so proud of yourself I was like, oh my god <laughs> oh, <laughs> so i like so how true. the i like how the case of the week not only reflects on to live and you know how she is in her post uh you know being a zombie life um and also reflects on somebody who's completely unrelated to the case but is going through um a similar kind of uh, personality transition and that's that's blaine so we should we should definitely talk about blaine now um okay Nobody believes Blaine. <laughs> no, no. Everybody thinks he's like it because they're so because he's so dangerous. Yeah. Who? I mean, he. It's like he's never lied in the past or been manipulative or deceiving. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This doesn't seem like a very good plan if he was faking. I know. 
But it is funny how. But it's just like, hard for everybody to trust. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just funny that they're they're everybody's like it's like Ravi and Major are constantly talking about. Uh, well, if Blaine is lying, you know, blah blah blah. Um, and Peyton is wondering if Blaine's live, lying and live as well. It's just, uh, and you know, Clive, I can't imagine what Clive and Bozzi are thinking. Like they have no idea about the cure or whatever happened with Blaine or Blaine was a zombie or whatever. All of a sudden he's acting like, uh, he just got, you know, a pile of newspapers dropped on his head or something. <laughs> he's gone. Uh, yeah. He comes, he comes walking into the police station like a lost puppy dog just big you know just like where am i i'm just looking for the morgue are you picking up or dropping off <laughs> i'm sorry have we You're not like, yeah hmm. um so that's interesting and yeah i i did love the peyton scene because it seems like you know we were talking i think last week where what if blaine stays this way and this is a way to redeem his character and make us forget about all the homeless kids that he murdered <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like Peyton's almost trying to give him that out as well, because even after finding out all the terrible stuff that Liv told her about him, he's she's like, I thought you were trying to take down Mr. Boss to atone for all the bad things you've done. I mean, um, it seems like maybe if he helps her do that, it might be enough for her to start. Uh, I mean, she did have some sort of romantic feelings for him. So I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> I'd be, I really kind of, I think I'd be upset at Peyton if she did that. <laughs> oh, really? Well, the spark is still there. Like every time she walks in the room, his face just lights up. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Blaine is actually on, uh, the subject of manipulation as well. Looks like Donnie, uh, newly, newly undead Donnie, uh, is, uh, decided to take the reins of the whole business, get them right back into Lucky You and, uh, brain distribution. Yeah, but he needs Blaine to still, uh, operate the, the funeral home. Mm -hmm. That's upstairs. Upstairs business. That's your business. Don't concern yourself yeah. with downstairs business. <laughs> yeah. And, oh my God. Don E and Chief own a bluegrass musician brain. <laughs> the highlight of the series. One of the, you know. When he is playing and, <laughs> and Chief is dancing with his washboard, please somebody give us a gif of that because uh, we need that. We need that on play at all times. Uh, beautiful. <laughs> so hilarious. But yeah, it's funny how Donnie has. Um, you know, he's taken, you know, he's been like the doofy sidekick, but he's, you know, he's, he's got a strong personality. It's not like he's a complete, he was a complete pushover when Blaine was in control, but Blaine was definitely the more uh, powerful in that relationship before he lost his mind. Um, but now that Blaine has lost his mind, Donnie is uh, locked in on being the, the, the alpha in that yeah, relationship. Yeah, I don't think Donnie could have set this all up like Blaine did, mm -hmm. but it's served to him on a platter, and now he's going to use course, it yeah. the the way it is. It's like he was sitting there so, with Chief with that ba that coffin full of all that utopia, and he was just like, "It's I, this is going against my nature <laughs> to get rid of all this. Right. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, he's even, he's calling Blaine champ, you know, and, and then he starts talking about how Blaine is getting in his nerves. You know, he's trying to keep his patience with Blaine on the, yeah, like being like condescending to him. Yeah. And then he's like, Oh, we should get you tattoos. Like him a memento. Yeah. And then that's when Blaine goes looking for the board. Cause he's looking for Ravi. Mm -hmm. Cause he'd been there before. 
but Clive is there. So, so Ravi has to keep up the facade that he's checking Blaine out and said, Oh, I must be the only doctor he remembers after his head injury. Yeah. yeah for some reason he needs to have his shirt off and that's uh, for all the <laughs> yeah. acts out there. Well, of course. <laughs> Defenders. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. When he um, uh, Clive, Clive thinks is suspicious. Thinks that Blaine's faking it, and Ravi's like, "Really? You think so?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, Ro, so oh, so funny, so funny in this episode. And then he tells, he was like, <laughs> Blaine is like, you know, I seem to uh, strike negativity in people. Why, why is that? Oh, well, give me a minute. Let me bring up, let me, Every let me list thing. all the evil things that you have done. But one of the things he says is, uh, he, uh, might've killed the astronaut. That was the fourth person to walk on the moon. Yeah. And, uh, Tia, uh, friend of the show, Tia, uh, pointed out that, um, that in Astro Burger, Alan York was, they said he was the fifth to walk on the moon or maybe it was the other way around. No, Ravi said fourth. Right. All right. Right. Yeah. So in Astrobrook, they said fifth. So. Uh, so, but but really, regardless, this Alan York is a national treasure. Yeah. <laughs> I immediately uh, uh, retweeted her her tweet and added Rob Thomas asking if like Alan York was trying to you know get credit for being fourth and fifth on the moon because how <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> Step back into the spaceship. Okay, now I'm the fifth person to step on the moon as well. <laughs> Might as well be six and seven. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just doing a little Charleston in and out of the spaceship. Um, but I, I had to write this quote down um, because when Major walks in, uh, Robbie says, remember I was telling you about that guy whose life you ruined? You know how he turned his, you turned his fiance into a zombie, then cost him his job, killed a bunch of kids that were close to him, kidnapped him, locked him in a freezer and tortured him before finally stabbing him to death? Yeah, that's him. <laughs> Yeah. And Major does this little like side wave and he's like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, at some point Major says, you know, well, I wouldn't wish that on, well, you know, Blaine, you know, cause you get it. Cause he's like my worst, my worst enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I think what, uh, major advises Blaine is kind of a cue. I mean, uh, he's on positivity brain, but it's kind of a clue into what we're doing with Blaine's character. He says, who we, who we were, isn't who we are. It's practice for who we want to become. So I'm oh, thinking uh, so, we're going to have a yeah, who, pretty huge change in Blaine's character. I don't know. Yeah. So Blaine is going good guy. But, you know, come on. David Anders is awesome as an evil person, so... Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't think... Long. I Seriously, I don't think it matters what David Anders does. <laughs> no. Just keep him on the we, screen. We will love him no matter what. Because yeah. we mm-hmm. just love him. Yeah. He's such a great actor. I, you know, yeah. There are a lot of homeless and kids then, rolling in the graves right now. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Lowell is pretty much crying in heaven right now. But, uh... <laughs> but what did Robbie's... <laughs> Uh, did Blaine ask Ravi what he did to him? And he said, uh, <laughs> we wrestled, we, to, we fought, we but fight, I won, <laughs> but I'm scrappy. Yeah. What do you say? I'm scrappy. And I have, reach. I have reach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Uh, so while we're talking about Ravi, let's get into our last little category, which is major Ravi and Max Rager. And we get the, uh, at the beginning of the episode, we get the 
follow up from the big cliffhanger and major now what waking up uh on the couch and he's super hungry and they finally gets a chance to tell robbie that he's not the chaos killer he's a, he's a chaos kidnapper <laughs> <laughs> much less threatening name isn't it yeah 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 um and uh you know it gets they get into a conversation about whether or not they're going to tell Liv and uh, they, they agree that Liv is probably, especially out of the stripper brain, is probably going to get herself hurt. She's very driven. And I think that's, I love how that um, kind of um, loops back to uh, A, uh, uh, you know, we see Liv breaking into Ms. Mr. Boss's headquarters, whatever, but also when Liv is thinking about taking this next brain, Bailey's brain, where she's hyper-focused and hyper-competitive that Robbie's kind of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't tell her about it now <laughs> either. So he just kind of tells her that Major's a zombie and doesn't tell her anything else. Wait until she's on, like, a very passive brain. Yeah. Oh, darn it. I, Major ate the rest of the positivity brain. Darn it. <laughs> uh, I do love that um, – we get we get so we get callbacks in this episode. We get zombie bro callbacks, but we also get the Leslie Morgan from Eternal Sunshine of the Caffeinated Mind. Oh my brain. gosh, major as a walk-in inspirational poster. <laughs> <So funny. laughs> it is. Oh, it makes my heart just uh, just swell in my chest oh, when he it's kicks his heels. Oh my! Oh my god! <laughs> or when he's. When Liv is complaining about something and he puts her his he he squeezes her shoulder or she's saying something and he puts his finger on her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and, and that that's I love how that ties in because Liv, you know, we we then call back to the season one finale. Like, why is Major a zombie now? It's because Liv originally infected him in the season one finale. And she feels super guilty about it. But yeah. uh, you know, he's got positivity brain. And he comes out and sings for us. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Is that? Yeah. Oklahoma or is that? I think. Yeah. I yeah. Think so. Okay. <laughs> it is. I think he could, he could pull off a musical. I mean, that was great. Um, Robert Buckley tweeted at that point and said, and that folks is why we'll never have a musical episode. Apologies. Uh, <laughs> he could do it. He could do it. Come I, on. Have, I have confidence in him. There is definitely room for a musical episode. If we've got this many zombies running around, they could just all eat a dead Broadway star's brain. Yes. And there we have it. I mean, Please. it's not even a stretch. Uh, yeah. It's just like, you got to like, I, I, it couldn't be an all musical episode unless you wanted to completely change reality and do it. Like, right. I mean, you can't do it like Buffy because it can't be like a huge spell on the, on Seattle or something, you know? So like but we the, could at least have Liv, Blaine, and now Major mm-hmm. <laughs> all singing. Yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Oh, um, what's, what else? Oh, so chapter title, Lock Up Your Daughters. Uh, oh. Okay. So first, first the, the Max Rager commercial. What did you guys think of the Max Rager commercial? <laughs> Von, Amazing. Vonda Clark. Hilarious. Yeah. Vonda Clark hanging from a cliff, and I'm wondering, is this a, a sly clue to the finale? <laughs> hmm. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. He's hanging out the way. <laughs> and uh, I just, I, I'm just thinking, I really hope it's handled better than that other zombie show. Just saying. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, Rob Thomas is brought up in this discussion with uh with rita well uh, i just wanted to mention like his quote is uh there's something so compelling about the stuff he writes 
Um, yeah, like which Rob Thomas are we talking about? Yeah, <laughs> I know they're like conflating each other. Yeah, <laughs> there uh, there was an interview with our Rob Thomas about the oh, singer Rob, Rob Thomas. Thomas, and he's you know we know that Rob singer Rob is going to be uh, uh, doing a little uh, live performance of some sort in the finale somewhere. I don't know how. how I think it's going to be like a yeah. See, party I wondered sort. if this was all we were getting. No, is he just does the jingle in the commercial? Um, but then he's going to be doing uh, singing something. I don't know uh, in the finale sometime. I hope that's not too much of a spoiler for folks listening. But I think we had said this before on the show. I think it's very vague. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And I really don't know any any more than that. I've just seen you know promotional posts, promotional pictures. But writer Rob Thomas said about singer Rob Thomas, he's a fan of the show. And one of my favorite moments of him coming to do the show was when we sent him the script, and he wrote back, "Listen, I don't want to read this yet because I haven't seen the episodes before, and I don't want to be spoiled. Is there any way you can watch the other ones first? That's precious. (laughs) I love that. And Rob, uh, our Rob said, I'm afraid you're going to have to read this episode because we don't have those other ones ready yet. (laughs) (laughs) So Rob Thomas is a fan of Rob Thomas. That's, that's all. And vice versa. (laughs) Sweet. And Rob Thomas spoiled Rob Thomas on the finale. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And we find out about Rita that she was conceived at a Santana concert. That was probably the most important thing we found out about Rita, right? <laughs> you know what? I am not surprised. <laughs> Vaughn was so smooth at that Santana concert, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but oh my gosh, how gorgeous is Rita? Yeah, she's beautiful. <laughs> oh, you know, I w- said in my interview with her that I was thinking that she was going to look like a Bride of Frankenstein zombie with a white streak up the side of her hair and her hair looking like Marge Simpson or whatever. <laughs> no, but, uh, this not is, a bit like that. This is much better. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't know. There's not much to say about it. I mean, yeah, Vard kidnapped his daughter, locked her up, and says, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll carry you, uh, you know, maybe after Max Rager launches. <laughs> you know, I got, I got other things I'm working on right now. But we can't let you out because, ah, uh, you know, I know you'll probably try to try to murder me. <laughs> yeah, what do you say? You're a threat to society, a threat to humanity, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, I knew he wouldn't be very kind to her. He's you know, not. Oh well, no, he let it happen to begin with. <laughs> yeah. So and then okay. and then a major decides he has this bright idea to try to decide if Blaine is lying or not. He's going to use uh, Vaughn as a guinea pig. Mm-hmm. This was a terrible plan. <laughs> Worst plan ever. I mean, yeah. uh, okay, so it's not a bad plan if suddenly you get Vaughn to wander into. Um, into the morgue or something and you know outside of the building but right major's gonna take him right out of max rager he's got that bodyguard there uh yeah worst idea ever <clears throat> yeah and and ravi says you know uh, this is this goes against you know my uh, what is the ethical says, hurdles he's got to clear some major head major ethical hurdles, uh, hurdles to get over in and Major says, well, uh, you know, he's going to kill Liv and me as soon as everyone on this list is gone. <laughs> so he's like, all right, well, I'm over those ethical hurdles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in the meantime, our little dog groomer that looks a lot like S- Sookie from Gilmore Girls. Uh, shows oh, as soon as I saw her, I knew who that was. <laughs> Usually I'm like, 
I don't because I don't remember things. But as soon as she was revealed, I was like, oh, no, Major is caught. Yeah, and, and dummy, don't use your – this is another dumb idea. I'm sorry, Major. <laughs> I'm a huge real fan name. of you, uh, but use your real name? Really? you got a stolen dog. <laughs> Major is not uh, not a good criminal. No, I mean, yeah, that's true. That's true. He doesn't have the criminal mind. I suppose yeah, if he was really good at this, we knew something bad was going to happen. Yeah, we'd worry. Yeah, about we knew it. something was going to there was going to be major fallout because of that dog, but we just didn't know how it was going to happen. I approve of you constantly using major uh-huh. <laughs> as a as an adjective. Uh- <laughs> oh, okay, I know because you're punny. <laughs> Um, and apparently I'm punny. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> I yeah. I don't even know when it. <laughs> he gives, uh, he gives, uh, excuse me, the dog groomer gives uh, Basio the name Major Lily White. And then we go to Max Rager. And Major is trying to lure Vaughn to the gym. And then Janko steps out. Now, did you guys hear what he said to Vaughn? No. I thought about no. turning the television up, but no. He whispers into Vaughn's ear, he has a storage shed. So now they know they know about what Major's doing, and that's why Vaughn decides to invite Major to quote unquote Tacoma, Tacoma <laughs> which is a nice callback to uh, earlier this season when they were talking about his lab, and obviously it's in the basement, but he says it's in Tacoma, so. And Major's like, oh, yeah, yeah, let, let me get my stuff. <laughs> and he starts to beat feet out of there. And the, the and it's awesome because Vaughn and Janko are not that dumb that they're going to let him do. Oh, yeah, he's just going to get his stuff. Um, so they start following him out. And it's like, oh, shit, he's in such trouble right now. And then the elevator door opens. Another ding <laughs> suspense moment from the Max Rager elevator. Uh, Basio and her, like, SWAT team come out and handcuff Major. And just before we go to credits, uh, Major uh, goes full on zombie. Now, I'm wondering, is, is that like his, like, you know, because Ravi was confronting him and it was super stressful and super crazy. And that's when he went full on zombie and then Ravi tranked him. And now, is that like his response to such an emotional, it's like an emotional trigger of some sort? Do you think he's yeah, going to just pull it back? I don't, it's, yeah, he's, he can't control it. Okay. So do you think that yeah. the SWAT team is in trouble? Yes. <laughs> Bazio is in trouble. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, we but may see, come I, back. Sorry, we may come back next week and just like see the whole SWAT team like on the floor. Yeah, just mm. just threw all over the well, Max Rager building. I won't say what I saw but, in, the, in the in the preview, just in case people skipped it. So <laughs> I'm not sure. We'll see. But I did not think that Jenko Jenko. Yep, Jenko. Not Jenko, not Jenko. <laughs> That, yeah, I did not. I, that's not. I had no idea. That's what Janko uh, whispered to Von de Clark. I figured he was saying, like they were suspicious of him, and they knew that the SWAT team was coming in, and to just allow that to happen. Because mm-hmm. I figured yeah, Janko would. Too. I figured Janko would be on top of who was entering the building. Right. Yeah. And I don't think, and maybe I just wasn't looking at the screen at the time, but I don't think that it actually came up on the closed caption. It did. I actually watched it with closed caption last night. Um, (laughs) That's where I caught a, uh, uh, someone asked Bob about this as well. Uh, Bob Deere than the writer. Um, There's uh, when the student newspaper calls um, Clive on the phone. Let me see. Where is it? 
Yeah, that was a weird scene. Well, it's exactly what he did last year, right? He ends up getting misquoted in the paper as well. I think about Major. Um, but when the when he picks up the phone, the voice says, Edward Bergen from uh, the student newspaper, uh, blah, blah, blah. The subtitles say Jocelyn Allen from the student newspaper, which is a name that says nothing like Edward Bergen. So I'm wondering why they changed the name. Like maybe they had to. Yeah, maybe it was a female in, in a, yeah, the female you know, early on in the they, script. They got the voice of a male. Yeah. Edward Bergen. Does that have to do with, uh, you know, this is my friend Charlie. Uh, that, that Edgar Bergen, maybe? <laughs> um, I don't know. What? Huh? You know, the, the old guy with the dummy, you know, the ventriloquist, the famous ventriloquist, Edgar Bergen, and his, uh, and Charlie McCarthy. Am I the only one here? Yes. Yeah. You're old, Robin. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your own on this one. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff we didn't cover, uh, but we have so much feedback, I guarantee that that's going to be covered in our feedback. So want to get into it? Yeah. Um, I don't know, Heidi, if you're in our, at least in our uh, Facebook group, you can help us read Facebook comments if you want. Yeah, I can do that. Um, While you guys are bringing that up, I'll read Rachel's. She said she's always key to the food puns, by the way. She she wrote... uh, (laughs) Weekly food pun, uh, Saomi fun, uh, Taiwanese fried rice noodles that Ravi enjoyed in Taipei, which is type A. Type A. Says commence groaning. (laughs) (laughs) I did not groan. I was like, yes, hilarious. I know. I was like, that is brilliant. (laughs) I never pick up on the food puns. I have to wait for you guys to point them out. (laughs) I love it. And I love that we actually posted an article in the group about the food puns, posted it on Twitter as well. So if you haven't been keen keen to that, uh, take a look at that article. It's it's pretty cool. Um, we want to take turns reading these, or yeah, um, my, where are we my at? computer's still pulling oh, okay. Facebook up. So are we are we doing email? No, 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 Facebook. Oh, you on Facebook? I'll keep reading. Uh, this does not keep look going. good for. Oh, this is Michael. This does not look good for our heroes. I can't say that anything in this episode truly surprised me, but I have no idea how to resolve all this. I have iZombie on an Amazon season pass, so normally I watch it the next day, so I don't have to watch the commercials. I might not be able to wait till the extra day uh, next week. <laughs> um, Wendy says, "Random thoughts." I'm so worried for Major. Did not see the groom- dog groomer coming. Number two, we still need more Gilda Rita. My husband thought she was hot as a, as a white hair. Will she get out? I, I say yes. Um, I say yes to both of those, actually. Uh, number three, thought I had, I wonder what Ravi would look like without a beard. I don't know what that means. What? I don't know what that means, Wendy. Oh. <laughs> um, number four, the case of the week felt like an afterthought, perhaps a letdown after Cassidy. Uh, like Michael, I watch iZombie on Hulu Plus without commercials. I might have to watch live next week. And, um, yeah, Melanie said that her, her husband seemed to enjoy uh, Blonde Gilda Rita, too. Yes, I thought she was gorgeous. But, um, but no, the the brain of the week was very much tied to, Livia, uh, to Livia's. Olivia. To Olivia. Olivia. <laughs> To Liv's character, yes. because this is the person, this is the personality that she was. She was, uh, you know, uh, super high, you know, she had high, she was, a, she was an overachiever. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's funny. I watched it the first time. I was like, okay, so that was kind of like a filler episode. We get from one place to another, you know, and then we're going to get this finale. And all. it's good. It was fun. It was a lot of funny stuff. But then I watched it the second time. I was like, oh, man. And especially when I... It's my, deeper my, than I thought. My mind was blown about the connections between Liv and Blaine and the case of the week. Um, Frank says, wow, someone is in major trouble. <laughs> Approved, Frank. Um, okay, now that I got that bad pun out of the way, what's going to happen to Major now that he's caught? Oh, and how dare Von Du Clark lock up poor Gilda like that? Who does that to their own child? I mean, I get that she's a zombie now, but come on! So excited for next week's finale. This season has been awesome, and I'm expecting an awesome finale. Hopefully with a lot of Peyton scenes. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm caught up now. Go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, and I am too, so... Take turns, go ahead. <laughs> Corey says, looks like the newest cure didn't leave Blaine with zombie detection. Oh, okay. Didn't notice yeah, that. he's human now. Do we know yet if Von de Clark knows about the tainted utopium? Is he able to make zombies with just Supermax? Um, the way I'm, I'm taking what Vaughn's doing is that he hasn't actually created any zombies. I think that in the past, since he's only had Romero's running on his treadmills, that he's abducted zombies off the streets and is, um, um, testing Supermax on them. Rita is the first, uh, one that was turned before they became a Romero, I think. And, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think he knows anything about the Utopium though. Uh, Rachel says, you're a threat to human existence and more importantly to me. You know what? Just try to get some rest. Enjoy some R&R while we're trying to find a cure. <laughs> oh, that's your plan? To cure me? It's my top priority, Beat. I mean, after the Supermax launch. <laughs> Shortly after the launch, eventually, at some point in the distant future, curing you will be my top priority. <laughs> Vaughn continues to give the terrible fathers on Lost a run for their money. <laughs> that said, if he bites it in the finale, I will miss Stephen Weber's uh, delightful performance. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Uh, skip that Me idiot too. named Robin in the comments and go on to the next one. <laughs> All right, Marissa in D.C. says, well, Marissa, I was in D.C. and it was a wonderful city. Okay, Uh, well, that was uh, quite the ride. I'm glad that Ravi and Major got things cleared up between them. Yes, before the dog groomer came forward and the FBI arrested him. I mean, I knew it was only a matter of time before something happened to end Major's reign as the chaos kidnapper, but I thought it was more likely he'd end up in Max Rager's secret basement than arrested, than get arrested. This definitely sets up an interesting finale. Glad it's going to be a doubleheader. I'm not sure I could stand the suspense of waiting uh, waiting in between episodes. Can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, thanks, Yeah, I think they had to uh, clear something, clear that up at least so that somebody knew what was going on with Major instead of just like, okay, well, he's been arrested. He's the chaos killer. And then we're just like, oh. Yeah, because last <laughs> season, nobody knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. This season, right. he, yeah, more people need, need to know. Yeah. And uh, Melanie says, um, is anyone else surprised the FBI has paper applications? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, very nervous about Major for some reason. My money is on Gilda taking down her father in the finale. Sweet, sweet revenge. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> At the interest of incriminating myself, sometimes people take Adderall because they have ADHD. LOL. <laughs> Sorry, it just bothered me that they immediately went to the drug abuse scenario. <laughs> Although I suppose that they would know that she didn't have a prescription. Hard to say. Oh, alternate universe, Keith Mars, you annoy me so. (laughs) (laughs) 
I really am not a fan of that jerk, especially when he is mean to my Clive. And really, does anyone believe that Liv will have a morgue by 35? I feel like what they actually say is, why on earth does she spend all of her time out of the morgue? (laughs) Worried about Major. I don't have more to say. Just worried. Thanks, Melanie. I don't know. Is Robbie in charge of that morgue? He seems to be younger than 35. (laughs) Yeah, he does. Uh, Yeah. Okay, uh, email. Oh, well, I actually have a voicemail queued up. Uh, this is a voicemail from Dr. Moira. Hey, Robin and Steph and guest, if you have one, I just finished watching Reflections of the Way Live Used to Be. Used to be. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I have so many positive good things to say about this episode that I'm just about bursting at the seams. I don't even quite know where to begin. I mean, there's the little things like the references to the Godfather and Serpico that just make me giggle and smile. There's Liv showing insight into her former self, realizing that needing external validation is not a great way to go through life. Good for you, Liz. There's Liv uh, opening up to Clive and telling him about Drake. There's the scene after Ravi has told um, Blaine all the horrible things he's done in his life, and especially this this part of that scene where he summarizes everything he did to Major in one long sentence. That's just just awesome. There's there's Major uh, managing to you know escape having been drugged by Ravi, only to later be taken down by Bazio and be arrested as the Chaos Killer slash Kidnapper. Uh, just when we were thinking he was about to kidnap Vaughn. Oh God! There's, there's um, Rita Gilda, you know, being held prisoner in the basement, which is, you know, just oh my God! So I don't know, funny and creepy all at the same time. Um, and yeah, I still want her to end up uh, becoming one of the Scoobies on our team with Liv. Oh, and there's the vice cop, who's that guy's awesome, by the way. I love him. I have to stop saying awesome. I'm saying awesome a lot, but this whole episode was awesome. <laughs> um, anyway, there's the vice cop. With that little bit of foreshadowing where he talks about nobody having Clive's back. And I'm thinking, well, next week is the season finale. What is going to happen? And, oh, my God, the reference to Rob Thomas. That's by Rob (laughs) Thomas. There's something so compelling about the stuff he writes. Okay. Hilarious. Hilarious. Double entendre. (laughs) Just hilarious. Anyway, lies are imploding everywhere. Walls are coming down. Everything's ramping up. And this is just, it's just a fabulous roller coaster of uh, oh oh and even a call back to the frat boys okay hilarious love that episode (laughs) so much fun to see them again just there's just nothing bad here nothing nothing bad nothing oh not least of which was the wonderful musical interlude in the basement so i've ranted long enough this was just so satisfying just ah delectable 10 out of 10 I don't even care what. It's 10 out of 10 um, impending apocalypses because we know there's going to be something apocalyptic next week. All right. Loved it, loved it, loved it. I am assuming you did too. Until next time, talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Moira. <laughs> Thanks, Moira. Yeah, I agree. It was. Uh, I loved this. It was so much fun. I'm so glad I didn't have to upgrade her, upgrade her score again. She just kept it at 10 out of 10. That's good. We'll keep that going. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to read Tia's email? Sure. Okay, Reflections of the Way Live Used to Be. Uh, This is Tia's email. Hi, Robin and Steph. I try not to make this email long. Do you think 
Vaughn's bodyguard was warning Vaughn of Major now being a zombie or that the FBI was there to arrest him. Okay, we talked about yeah. this. We know that um, neither one that Janko was telling Vaughn that Major has a, a storage shed. <laughs> yeah. And, but yeah, I was thinking that Janko knew that the police were there, but so. Um, it was hard to pick up, her, but I think but, it was intentional. <laughs> yeah. I think it was there for for very curious people to know, people who are really into it. But if you didn't care, then you didn't care. I mean, you could audibly but, um, hear him if you listened really hard. If You you could audibly hear him say storage Yeah, that's what I, I – I thought that if I had rewound and turned the volume up that I would be able to have picked up on it. Yeah. <laughs> but I figured that if it was important, it would come out eventually. Mm-hmm. And then, Tia, your last question – it was in the promo for next week, and we don't we don't want to uh, upset people who don't want to hear spoilers. So right. we'll talk about that next week. Yes, and we'll find out the answer to your question. So <laughs> thanks to you. Um, Heidi. I, I pasted a very long <laughs> feedback into Skype. If you want to read it, it's from Jen. R I yeah. R I Zombie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's see. Find in the top here. There we go. Okay. Oh my gosh, guys. Where do we start with this episode? See, I knew Major would tell Ravi immediately, but I'm not sure I still agree with hiding it from Liv, despite their reservations. Major seems pretty happy about drinking his brain smoothie, even before the leftover positivity brain would have taken effect. I think his actions as the chaos kidnapper must have softened his outlook on the whole zombie monsters, zombie equals monsters thing. Plus it, probably that, that brain smoothie makes him feel pretty darn good. <laughs> That's right. Liv wasted no time telling Ravi about Drake, and I'm choosing to believe that the fact he's in Major's freezer cannot be kept secret for much longer. Whether or not it happens at the end of season two or early season three, I'm keeping the faith. Based on Ravi's statement about him resurfacing, I guess he has a strong suspicion that Drake is in the freezer, even if we didn't explicitly see Major tell Ravi that. Right. Probably. He doesn't know the relation between Drake and... uh, Yeah, it's so funny. Like, Major is, like, out of the room when... Liv is talking about Drake, and uh, so Robbie knows. Like, if he hears the name Drake, he's gonna he's gonna immediately go, "Oh, of course." Yeah, Blaine two point must be a fun twist for David Anders to play <laughs> the same character and yet a totally different character at the same time. That would be a horrible realization to think that you were valued and loved, and then you learned that you're hated and reviled by so many people instead. Does this further suggest that we are all inherently good and it's our experiences that drive us to commit bad acts? <laughs> Nature versus nature. Well, yeah, because, yeah, didn't Major say, uh, you know, if a child is brought up with nothing but ridicule, he learns to hate? Yeah. So yeah, Blaine, right. Blaine's a creation of his father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were told that Blaine was a good kid before he was abused by his nanny and his father. And now that he doesn't yes. remember any of that emotional trauma, he's a decent human again, albeit a confused one. This storyline gave us some awesome scenes and lines for Ravi. His interaction with Clive when he told Ravi that Blaine was dangerous were hilarious. All right, let me just put a tiny pause on that. Okay, number one, um, what would you guys pick? Would you pick to not remember anything about your life or would you pick death? <laughs> I think I would probably pick not remember everything about my life. <laughs> yeah. I think anything other than death I would pick. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I don't know. Like, you kind of, yeah. 
you kind of, I guess it's sort of the same thing at yeah. that point. I mean, you know, like your person that you currently are is gone. So, I mean, you know, there's always the chance that by not dying that he uh, could remember who he is and stuff. So, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's so weird because it, it does bring up that question of like who we are. Are we just just uh, our minds and our uh, memories and our personality or, you know, is the physical still uh, like if we don't have our mind or our personality, does that mean our 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 the, our physical being is not even worth keeping up or whatever? <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <clears throat> The other, well, the other, we have this conversation. Oh, Sorry, we have this conversation a lot on uh, the My Babylon Five podcast oh, yeah. because there's uh, psychics involved in that show, and they can they do like this mind wipe thing where they completely change the person, like criminals. Yeah. They uh, completely like mind wipe them and make them a new person. So yeah, we have that conversation. On um, what podcast? On it's down below. It's Babylon Five intro cast. Oh, sorry, I really wasn't going for a plug there. That's <laughs> okay. Take it. <laughs> and oh, and the second thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about was uh, it's it's funny that uh, we haven't. Uh, <clears throat> you know, Angus was about to get tortured to Les Mis, and that was the last we heard of him. Like, uh, did 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 Blaine? I guess they did say that Blaine's name is on the deed, but. Does that mean he's also got the fortune? No, he got that. He got that funeral home himself. So of course his name would be on the deed. So yeah, it's like a, a cliffhanger on whether or not uh, what happened with Angus. What what happened? Did he did he finally sign his will over and then get killed? Uh, we never we never found out. I, I'd like to know. I'd like to know what happened there. So that's that was just my second point. Okay, can, please continue. Thanks, Heidi. <laughs> okay. Uh, Don E is turning into quite the criminal mastermind and a phenomenal bluegrass player <laughs> uh, according to bob dearden's uh tweets uh rob thomas uh actually tweeted out uh, when they were working on that episode um to come up with a, a brain for them to have and uh the, he picked out of the many suggestions uh bluegrass wine brain so yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the best part of the case was that it brought Michael and Tony back to our screens and the frat boys from earlier this season. Brody and his pal were so much fun, and he was so disappointed to see that Liv had changed. <laughs> Overall, it had a very Veronica Mars season three vibe for me. Darker and angrier Veronica, who hung out a lot in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> Benedetto was such a manipulator, kind of like Veronica was, although with way more moral ambiguity. Benedetto is no Keith Mars. No, he's not. No. Poor Rita. She's locked in a glass cage of emotions. In the not-a-secret basement with no cure in sight. I know she's out for herself, but I wonder if she will somehow play a role in helping Major in taking out Vonda Clark. I hope so. I hope they can find a way to yeah, yeah. I hope they can find a way to keep Dale around. Otherwise, I think they might have to kill her because she knows too much. <laughs> <laughs> she knows that Major had minor. How will Major survive in custody without brains? Will he go full-on zombie mode and take out all the FBI agents? Will he also end up in a glass cage in the not-a-secret basement? God, so many questions. But I'm so excited to keep watching until all the pieces come together. Until next time, Jen. Yeah, thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. All right. Uh, oh, uh, we got a couple of uh, other emails here. Brian actually sent in an email uh, last week, um, and he says, Season 2 slash 3 prediction. 
Um, so this was actually, I think, before this latest episode was aired. Um, so Brian says, "Hi, longtime listener, first time caller. Here's a theory I have about one of the one of the plot lines and how it will affect and resolve others. Full disclosure: I'm a big Leanne Lap fan, so my theory reflects my bias. I really want her to stick around. Anyways, as you've already speculated, I believe Rita is being held for experimentation by Vaughn, but Rita will get the better of him and eat his brain or otherwise kill him." It's been alluded in the, to in the past by Vaughn that she hopes to take over the company, and with him out of the picture and his brain giving her inside knowledge of the company, she can take over. Oh. Yeah, I love that theory. Interesting, yeah. More Leon nice Lapp. prediction. With Vaughn gone and Rita in charge, the program to kill all of Seattle zombies ends. Major can now release those he has kept in cold storage. Moreover, they use Ravi's cure on them to restore their humanity and erase their memories of being taken captive or being zombies at all, thereby preserving the secret and getting Major uh, off the hook for kidnapping. Oh, genius, Brian. Oh. Uh, Brian, you're yeah, amazing. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> um, he concludes, uh, Rita and the company lend their resources to help better understand the zombie problem, but to what end remains unclear. She becomes a frenemy, sometimes allied to Blaine and Liv, as circumstances dictate. And overall, Max Rager assumes much less of an adversarial relationship with our protagonists in season three. Keep up the great work. Brian. That is brilliant. Amazing. And I I have full faith in the writers to come up with a, you know, a, a... an equally interesting finale, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I'll be surprised if this is not, you know, if this is the, if this is how it happens, I'll love it. Yes. And if it's something equally as amazing, I'll love it. Mm -hmm. I I'm going (laughs) to save this email, Brian, because if uh, that happens in the finale, I'm going to give you full props, buddy. Uh, So uh, (laughs) uh, good job. That was awesome. Uh, And, and please keep writing, Brian. Uh, Love to hear from you. Um, our next and last bit of feedback um, is from our friends at iZombie Uzombie. Uh, this is Josh. Let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Robin and Steph. This is Josh from iZombie Uzombie, and here we stand at the precipice of the last two episodes. Weird, because you couldn't call the last one the penultimate. Anyway, I just wanted to call in and uh, offer... The one prediction I forgot to get onto my show and see what you guys think about it. And that is, if I was in the writer's room and I wanted to torture Liv the most, which is generally what writers attempt to do on TV finales, I would make her have to kill Drake because he became a zombie too far gone. That would be the emotional, terriblest thing that could happen. Man, I hope it doesn't. But ever since I thought of it, I was like, oh no, that might be it. Anyway, um, and if uh, of the main five characters, I think there's going to be a high body count in the two episodes. Um, we're going to see a lot of uh, of the the secondary characters and the the smaller ones get wiped out. But if I had to pick a major five that was going to bite the big one, I think it's going to be Blaine this time. Oh wow! Um, I don't know why, but I just have this feeling that um, he he's on his uh, upward arc of doing something good, and that maybe. In his death, he could save someone or do something awesome that might redeem the character. I don't want it to happen. I want all the main five to stay. And I don't think they'll kill anybody. But if I had to pick one, that's the one I'd pick. And you knew I would call in and bother you by making you try and come up with one of the big five that might die. 
but feel free to dodge the question. Hey guys, you were really nice on your last episode talking about us. Thank you so much. And uh, I will definitely be in touch with you next week. We'll see what this uh, two hour, should we call it an iZombie movie event? (laughs) That's kind of what it feels like. Hey, thanks. Um, By the way, if this comes in late, um, don't throw it in the finale. There's no reason to include that. Um, I I hope I get this to you in time for you to use it on the show. Thanks. Because he doesn't want us to play it at the end when he realizes that he's wrong. And then we get to play it. Actually, we'll save this voicemail as well. So um, if Blaine, when Blaine doesn't die, uh, we'll play it. And uh, so he'll look uh, uh, really silly. Uh, no, um, uh, thanks, Josh, for that feedback. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'm going to put it towards Heidi first. Do you think one of the main five will die? Actually, okay. Do you think, and if it is, which one do you think it would be? Um, I really don't think so, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make a guess anyway, just, you know, cover that base just in case. Right. Um, I think if Rob Thomas wanted to be horrible and Joss Whedon-esque, he would kill Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that boy. That would be the biggest emotional impact, I think. Robbie. Uh, that would um, be, her- yeah, that, I think they would be lose some of their audience, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, but I don't really think it will happen. But I'm I'm going to make that my guess, just just because. <laughs> so one of the main five, I get we're talking Liv, Major, Clive, Ravi, and Blaine, right? So we're not talking about Payne, are we? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, yeah, I, I, actually, I shouldn't say anything. So, um, I I think the most expendable person would have to be uh, man. I, I think at this point, the most expendable person might be Clive. Um, I think everybody else is too tied up in the zombie of iZombie-ness. Um, oh, man. I, yeah, I, I'm just going to say Clive. I know it's not going to be one of the main five. I don't think they're going to kill one of the main five. I think they're going to kill some zombies, some very uh, tertiary characters, and maybe uh, maybe one of our recurring characters like uh like a, a Basio or a, or a Peyton or not Peyton. Uh, <laughs> I don't like the same thing. Frank keeps having a heart attack out there. Our our biggest Peyton fan, um, uh, like a like a Basio or or Rita or you know like a, of course you know Vaughn, Mister Boss, they're, uh, Drake. They're I think they're all um, in much bigger danger than our main five. What do you think, Steph? Yeah, I, now my brain keeps going back to the Vaughn. Uh, from that email. Yeah. I think it, uh, I don't know. I don't, maybe nobody has to die. <laughs> right. Exactly. Should we like make a letter to send a letter to like the iZombie writers? Is it too late? Yeah. Nobody has to nobody die. Has to die. What are you guys, <laughs> isn't the walking dead? <laughs> Why do we have to kill yeah, people? Come on. Kill people. Yeah. Just let them all live. Live. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, okay. Well, that's, that's our feedback. We didn't get any iTunes reviews. Uh, this week to talk about, uh, but we do appreciate you guys uh, leaving any iTunes reviews on the iZombie podcast with Robin and Steph feed. Uh, make sure it's that one. Our old feed is still up under new management, so uh, um, you know, it, just make sure not to leave it on that one. That's not ours anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, um, it's really easy. Heidi left a review. Even uh, was was it was it easy to do? Oh yes, so easy. <laughs> so easy. <laughs> 
Okay, that's 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 it for feedback. Um, I I think we're going to get into next time on iZombie. Uh, folks that don't want to listen to that might want to uh, back out, and we'll see you next week for the season two finale. Um, but let's get into it. Um, this is uh, I got this from an article from the website High Voltage. I'll post the link in our show notes. Um, and it's all about uh, what to expect in the season two finale. Um, not that it actually gives away too much, but here is uh, the end of the article. They wrote the cast's thoughts on reading the script for the finale. So I'm going to read each one of the main five. Rose McIver, I cried. <laughs> Malcolm Goodwin, let me get on my treadmill and get into shape. Raul Coley, can we pull this off? Uh, Robert Buckley, it just doesn't stop. It's wall to wall. And finally, David Andrews said, a lot of guns, a lot of death, a lot of fun. It reminded me of my alias days. (laughs) And with that, I'm going to read to you guys both of the descriptions for each episode that's coming up. All right, Uh, here we go. The first episode uh, from eight to nine is going to be called Dead Beat or Dead Beat or yeah. Liv and Ravi are in need of help and find an unlikely ally in Blaine. Detective Babineau and Dale Bazio pursue a new lead on an old case. Meanwhile, when Major finds himself in a world of trouble, sleazebag Brant Stone, played by Ken Marino, comes to his rescue. Vaughn's evil side reaches a whole new level of mean. Written by John Embaum, directed by John Crutchman. That's the first hour. <laughs> so a lot of vague mm. stuff, but a lot of very intriguing stuff. The second hour is called Salivation Army. Um, and it says, Rob Thomas, guest stars. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the singer. <laughs> yeah. Working together on a mission. Very big. Live. Detective Babineau, and Major crash Vaughn's Supermax Rager party, where Rob Thomas, as himself, performs a song from his solo career. Oh. Meanwhile, Blaine reaches out to Peyton for help, which does not sit well with Ravi. Written by Bob Dearden, directed by Michael Fields. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Based on that uh, description, can I predict that Robbie kills Blaine? Robbie kills Blaine? <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Heidi, for being on our podcast. Uh, yes, thank you. You know, with all of the all of the celebrities <laughs> coming on, and it's really hard to get a spot on this podcast nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes Steph and I are like recording when we can uh, to get it out quickly, and then we end up just kind of recording on our own. Um, so yeah, no, uh, we definitely want to keep getting people on here that are um, are fans of the show because we're a fan podcast. But uh, I can't help but uh, wanting want to get uh, folks from the show on as well. And we will have uh, the interview from with uh, uh, Bob Dearden, writer of uh, Reflections of the Way You Live Used to Be, Love and Basketball, Maternity Live, and of course um, the iZombie season two finale will be on our next episode, our bonus episode, which will come out before our regular episode <clears throat> and hopefully they'll I'm working on stuff for that as well so uh, it should be a jam packed season 2 finale and uh we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll go on hiatus and we'll take a much uh, uh deserved break <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but um, Steph, honestly, I cannot wait for Tuesday to get here. I mean, if only we had a copy of the finale that we could watch now. Robin, you magnificent bastard. That's it. I hope whatever has got you excited doesn't involve me building a time machine. No, 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 no. We can see the finale early if we break in and steal a copy from the writer's room. I'm sure they've screened it. But what if there are some writers there? What if Rob Thomas is there prepping uh, for season three already? I've still got the tranquilizer gun. We'll knock him out. He won't even know we're there. Oh boy, there's some ethical hurdles that I'll need to get my head around. They killed Lowell, and they put Miner on a bus. Okay, ethical hurdles cleared. I'll go prepare a syringe. (laughs) Bye! (laughs) The iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph is created under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported International License. That means you can share it all you like as long as you link back to us. But please do not change it or sell it or trade it for brains unless you're going to give us some. Our podcast logo is designed by D. Sheehan. You can find her work at behance.net slash Deanna Sheehan. Thank you for listening to our show. Obligatory contact information in three, two, one, go. You can follow me on Twitter at Steph Smith. You can follow me as well at L. Robinero. If you like what we do, check out our other podcast about the Joss Whedon show, Angel Redemption Cast. Find us at redemptioncast.blogspot.com. I also have a third podcast all about the Marvel Netflix television series, The Defenders Podcast. Find that at defenderspod.com. Like us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash iZombiePodcast. Join our Facebook discussion group, facebook.com slash groups slash iZombiePodcast. You can find those links and more on our home on the web, iZombiePodcast.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Use those delicious cerebellums and make sure you leave it on the correct feed. We are the iZombie Podcast with Robin and Steph. And we're out. Brain Appetit!